Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Chasing after transformation is different than chasing worship and seeking the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Say, say that last line again. Welcome back to The Move. Well, we are vibing with the book, 10 minutes at a time. The next 10 minutes, we're looking at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And by the way, jackets for the first time on the show. Because it's freezing in here. <laughs> it's snowing outside. It's snowing outside and it's freezing. You, so, said, you said you've been cold for six weeks. I've been cold for six weeks. I've been gone from Hawaii for six weeks and the mainland has been cold. Yeah. Well, anyways... We hope that you're doing well wherever you're at, but let's dive into this. Make sure you check out Romans 12, 1 and 2. We'll wait here while you read that for yourself. Man, we're just going to read it for him. Oh, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Very good. Thank you. So with that said, 10 minutes on the clock, starting three, two, one. You know what really struck me as I was reading this is that it's in chapter 12. It's at this point that finally Paul's like, so bringing it all home. Having all said that, finally, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God <laughs> to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know, we've done our best and I think we've done a decently good job at making the text practical up to this point. But finally, Paul is making the text practical. Yeah. And I get a lot of um, I get a lot of encouragement from Paul because Paul had to do this whole theological reading and establishing in order to try to get to this point, right? Mm -hmm. And what is the point that he's saying? He's saying, listen, this life lived is lived with a knowledge that we have peace before God. And that peace means that there is no obstacle that is 
in the way between us and God so that we know we have confidence before him and that we can live in his presence. But also, since there is no obstacle, you need to know that you live a life in the presence of God. Yeah. This is standing in contrast to the way that Jews would have looked at it at the time in that there was a sacrifice that needed to be made in order to have access to God, in order to be the kinds of people that God would look at favorably. And uh, this passage is a very uh, popular passage in Mm -hmm. Christian circles. Um, Highlights that there is a sacrifice, but it's not the kind of sacrifices that they might have thought about. Uh, I I love... Isaiah 51, you do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You don't want burnt offerings. The sacrifice that you desire is a broken spirit because you will not reject a broken and repentant heart. That's right. So that when you have a knowledge that this is what God has accomplished by offering his son, Mm -hmm. that you now have access to this grace in which we stand, that what should then be the appropriate response to a life lived in the presence of God without obstacle is that we offer who we are in response to who he is. And that is our act of worship to actually give ourselves over into this goodness and into his grace. And yet, there's this other side of having a knowledge that if we don't, there is a severity because if we don't respond appropriately, we have the evidence of a natural branch that Mm. has been cut off. Mm. So don't you live the life they lived. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You with me? I'm with you. All right. So I, I, was, I thought you were going to say something, but I'll keep going. <laughs> There's this um, theological concept, and it's in Scripture. And um, it's one that several theologians have made, at least that I've read. Um, it's the idea of lifne, lifne Adonai, okay. which basically means, lifne means the, uh, the, the face. It's a Hebrew for the face, the face before God, right? Or your face before God, to live before God. And Adonai is just the... Um, stand in for the tetragram, mm-hmm. right? The, the holy name. Um, so this idea of lifne Adonai is the idea that you live a life in the presence. I heard a professor um, of mine, Dr. Richard Che, uh, he drew attention that Paul presents the law as something that was intended to cause terror to the Israelite because they lived within its presence. And by living within its presence, they came into a knowledge that they constantly fell short and that Paul in the book of Romans is actually trying to point this thing out so that you live a life in the presence of the law that condemns you and you're very conscious that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory, but that in the knowledge of living in the face of the law, you then run to the sanctuary, right? You run to the place where God actually says you can receive a reprieve from Mm -hmm. the condemnation that the law gives. And what then he highlights is that now you look at Hebrews, we now have a boldness to come to the throne of God. 
and now we get to live a life in the presence of the throne. So instead of living a life in the presence of the law, we now live a life in the presence of the throne. So that lifne Adonai is a life lived in his presence precisely because the law has done what it's supposed to do. So if you follow the argument of Paul in the book of Romans, when he gets here to uh, verse 12, if the law has done the work that it's supposed to do, which he's argued for rather effectively, then this is the appeal. I appeal that now you live a life lifne Adonai in the presence of God and the appropriate response if you actually are living a life lifne Adonai is to offer yourselves up this is worship this uh, spiritual worship and the natural response of spiritual worship is a transformation yeah which is interesting it's it's different than seeking for transformation mm-hmm. as a form of worship mm-hmm. it, uh, chasing after transformation is different than chasing worship and seeking the presence of god mm-hmm. say, say that last line again in my life i have oftentimes chased after transformation Mm. as a way to prove that God is at work in my life. Yes, as opposed to... As opposed to chasing after the presence of God, the Mm. Lifne Adonai, Adonai, Uh seeking spiritual worship in the presence of a holy and acceptable God. And by sitting in the presence of God, experiencing transformation. So, ooh, get warm, preacher. You get warm. (laughs) So this, um, this reminds me of Cain and Abel. Okay where Cain sought to bring transformation according to his own ability, right? You can read the story of Cain and Abel, and there's some rich, rich imagery there where Cain is actually offering fruit from the ground, and the ground is the very thing his father had been cursed from. So there's a sense that he is attempting to redeem the area in which Adam had failed. He's attempting to rework it out of his own efforts by cultivating and tilling Mm -hmm. the land and bearing fruit Mm -hmm. of his own labor. Mm -hmm. And yet that's not the fruit that God's looking for. That's not the type of transformation that he's looking for. Exactly. What is the sort of transformation he's looking for? It's the sort of transformation that Abel offered, that Abel was willing to offer up his life even in the presence of trial, tribulation, persecution, not really sword. It was more club, right? But he... So Abel isn't me, uh, in the, that syllogism, but mm-hmm. Abel represents someone mm-hmm. who toiled, mm-hmm. but a different kind of toiling, mm-hmm. and the toiling required his life, and there was a spilling of blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that Abel is a Abel in Genesis is a precursor of Jesus, right? And Jesus came, and Jesus was literally killed by who the Bible calls the firstborn of God. Mm-hmm. God calls Israel his firstborn, right? right? So you have the new Abel, as it were, on the cross, dying and offering up his life in the face of this murder, but that's his spiritual, that's his act of worship, right? Mm-hmm. This Jesus is actually worshiping in, in this regard. So that then, you know that Abel's name actually means um, it's Havel. Havel in the Hebrews just mean like vapor, a mist, a breath. That's what our life is, just a breath. But that breath corresponds a little bit to the um, the, uh, the, the, the the incense that goes up in the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And that that is 
prayers, prayer and worship. Mm-hmm. That this is what our life is to offer it up. And where is the incense? It's right before the presence of God. Right. So we offer up our lives like Havel, like Abel. This is our appropriate act of worship in keeping with what Jesus has done for us. But we know that as we offer up our lives, we're the sort of people that will never be undone because his love will never depart from us. Right. And so this is finally his appeal that, hey, man, we get to live these lives. You don't have to be more Jewish. And at the same time, you don't have to be conformed to the patterns of your Gentileness. No, you get to live in the very presence of God. There is no veil. There's no disruption. You have access. You can enter boldly into the presence of God. And by sitting in the presence of God, you are transformed. Transformed. Not just in a habitual way, not just on an outside way, not just in your actions, but the thing that's transformed is your mind. The thing that's transformed is your heart. So this transformation isn't this you working it out of your own accord. This transformation is a fruit of sitting in the presence of God. Mm. I want to talk a little bit about sitting in the next one. We'll get there. We'll get there. That's 10 minutes.